Hi, this is Annie from the Smithsonian American Art Museum's Loose Foundation Center. Since 2011, we've hosted Loose Unplugged, a free monthly concert series that celebrates the work of local musicians. Now we're partnering with Hometown Sounds to bring you tracks from DC artists we love. For more on Loose Unplugged, visit americanart.si.edu slash loose slash unplugged. There you'll find a complete list of Loose Unplugged artists, videos of past performances, and artist interviews on our blog, iLevel. We look forward to welcoming you back to the museum once it's safe to hold concerts again. Until then, stay well, stay in touch, and enjoy these tunes from our neighbors in the DMV. Peace, what's happening, world? I'm Wes Felton, and this is the Loose Listening Party, presented by Hometown Sounds. Some things I started have now concluded I'm glad she bounced Cause now I can evolve Beyond diamonds and rims that revolve Something solid has dissolved Into dust and limited dreams I guess the story never gets old Hearts turn cold for the price of gold Poker face lover, how I fold Into dust and limited dreams I wanna do what comes and feels natural For me, for me I refuse to be your puppet Of another man's dream Cause I'm looking for new ground to explore I gotta go beyond my shape and form It's hard to stretch when you so torn Into dust and limited dreams I guess the story never gets old Hearts turn cold for the price of gold Poker face lover, how I fold Into dust and limited dreams Welcome back to Hometown Sounds. We show you how DC rocks. I'm Tony Pareco. I'm Paul Vodra, and this is the Loose Listening Party, our series presented with our friends at the Loose Foundation Center in the Smithsonian American Art Museum. They are the hosts of the Loose Unplugged live concert series. It's been going since 2011. And while that is on pause during the lockdown and pandemic, we are bringing uh, interviews and listening parties with some of the artists we would love to feature 
on that stage with them. And on this episode, we are so excited to be joined by Wes Felton, artist, painter, poet, rapper, singer. I mean, so much you do. It's amazing. Welcome to the show, Wes. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So um, for anybody that isn't familiar with you and your work, can you tell everybody, you know, kind of your origin story and, and, and what, what kind of work you love to do? My origin story starts, uh, you know, with a father who uh, was a jazz musician named Hilton Felton. Uh, he was an original member of the Soul Searchers, uh, and he went on to uh, play with uh, artists like George Benson and Grant Green and Many others took him out on the road uh, to play piano and organ for him. And uh, yeah, I, they had me, he had me um, later in life after I had an older brother and sister um, with the same mom. You know, when my when I was two years old, my parents split. And so there was no longer that compromise, I think, of, you know, making a decision of whose parental influence is, is decided in the home, kind of. And, you know, they, they, they kind of raised me my mom was very, you know, still is very religious. So, you know, you know, I was very much got that church experience, you know, of performing in front of the audiences and people like that. And then my father, the cool thing with him was that when he would have me, you know, on the weekend or on the week, sometimes it would land when he had gigs. So I would be like this kid backstage with David Fathead Newman, you know, and, (laughs) You know these these random people at these like jazz festivals and things like that, and um, it, you know, it really tapped into my I think passion for the process of art. And uh, I, you speed up some time. I started doing poetry and writing and things like that as a teenager, um, sneaking into places like um, Bukum Cafe and uh, Soul Brothers Pizza that used to be at Fourteenth and U Street. Uh, you know, I was this kid and a lot of people didn't know um, that I was still a teenager at School Without Walls. But I was going to these places and I was writing, you know, I was, and I was reading and reciting what I was writing. And um, a lot of these poets and older writers, they validated me. They, 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 they encouraged me and not only told me that they thought I was talented, but also thought I was dope, you know. So you mix all that experience within me being on BET every Saturday morning on a TV show called Teen Summit. I then learned the ins and outs of the that level of the industry. And uh, yeah, so I kind of got all into all that. And then um, eventually went to Carnegie Mellon University to study theater to get some additional technique, um, I guess. And then um, while I was in Pittsburgh, man, I started a music career. I started putting out tapes and albums as an outlet. I hooked up with a guy named uh, Steve Griffin, a.k.a. DJ Out of Reach. Um, He was a bank teller at the time, but he was also like a well-known DJ in the city, a white kid, uh, Irish. And uh, he uh, (laughs) we used to make these albums. I mean, he he got he got his own um, ASR 10, which was like a big deal keyboard to get. And he was making beats and I, we, we hook a mic up through his mixer and we just started making tapes, man. I found a place that sold like 90 minute tapes and I filled up the whole 90 minutes with as much music as possible. And ironically, you know, there was a, there were some stores there that allowed you to do uh, consignment, 
you know, on cassettes at that time. And so I would, I was like, Hey, so I remember going to Kinko's and making literally these long handmade, you know, fold foldable joints inserts, man. And so I was on and running at that point. At that point, I was just like, all right, I'm in the business now. This is it. Um, we want to let you know that that first track that we played um, a while back was called Dust and Limited Dreams, featured Pete Muldoon, and it is from the album Diary of a Black Misanthrope, which came out back in July of 2020. Like everything else you're going to hear on this podcast, you can buy it on Bandcamp, and we hope that you do, because that's a way to support all the musicians. Very, very important. Um, you put out quite a lot of music during this pandemic period. Yes. Uh, was it was it like a, a kind of a creative uh, period for you? Oh, man, the pandemic was like it was like, you know, I hate to say this, but it was like my dream scenario. You know, times like that and times like these are like I was created for that. But then also, you know, I felt like there was a creative space for me. My instincts was as an artist was to be like, oh. I got to get out whatever I need to get out as soon as possible and as much as possible, um, because that's always been my approach too. because I look at my art more of like periodicals. So I look I try to put out an album every month. Like I've been trying to do that my whole life and I pull it off sometimes where I get a nice run and then something will happen. And I'm, you know, but because of the way technology is now, you know, with companies, you know, Bandcamp and DistroKid, people like that, you can like now as the artist i can now create and put it out you know and i'm that type of artist um so the pandemic it didn't affect me creatively in terms of shutting me down definitely i miss being on the road i miss traveling because right up to the point of the pandemic um my partner raheem devon who i have a group called the crossroads with he and i had been touring like nonstop since 2016 all the way up to the pandemic. And so you're talking about like every other week or every weekend being in a different part of the country or being in another country. Before we play another song, I have one more question. Well, actually, it's a two-part question. Go ahead. Wes, I read a post that you wrote in 2017. Uh Uh-oh. For a blog called The Root. Oh, yeah, yeah. About how one night you found yourself in a rap battle with Dave Chappelle. And I wanted to ask if you could share that that story and that experience with our listeners. Man, listen, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, my life, people wouldn't believe my life. But it was during um, the National Black Caucus uh, week. And, you know, if you know anything about that, that's when like it's like the all star weekend for politics, you know, in black culture. Right. So there's concerts, there's parties, there's all these things going on on the evenings. But during the daytime, you have these panels, you have these things. So at that time, uh, we, had, we, you know, Raheem and I were still riding off of the, uh, you know, release of Footprints on the Moon, our project. And so, we, you know, we were getting that, you know, label love in a sense. So we were getting more, we were getting invites to different things. And um, that day, you know, uh, one of the parties that was going on, Raheem was one of the hosts. And I think I want to say like, maybe like Biz Markey was the DJ. Uh, Lorenz Tate, the actor was one of the hosts. And like, 
it was just a bunch of celebrities there. So we're there doing that, right? We're enjoying ourselves. And uh, all of a sudden, a good friend of mine named uh, Dwayne Rollins, he comes up to me and he says, yo, what you about to do? What you and Raheem about to do? I was like, uh, nothing, man. We about to just, uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. And he was like, look, y'all need to roll out right now. And we're going to go to Blues Alley. My brother's over there. He told me to come through. So his brother is uh, Ashy Larry from the Chappelle show. Donnell Rollins is his name, right? And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay. My, you know, my bell started going off. So I was like, oh, okay. We about to go to some, you know, Chappelle session or something. So we, we end up getting there. We go there. It's like crazy. Like there's like a little line of some people going in there. No, you can't, your phones, you got to cut them off and put them away or whatever. So then we get in there as we walk in in there, place is packed. And I look on stage, I'm hearing music and it's like one of my band. It's basically like one of my former bands up there, like all of and, and cats that I still work with. So we get in there and um, next thing you know, I look to my right. It's like Common is there. Anthony Anderson from Blackish, uh, Angela Rye, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's a, it's a real sexy, it's, it's, you know, some black excellence going on up in there. Right. So Raheem and I, you know, we don't care about none of that. So we standing off on the side. And so Dave Chappelle goes through this process where he just, you know, does this thing where he's running through songs. The band is playing songs, some familiar, some are not. And then at some point they start playing um, between the sheets. The, the the Isley Brothers song that, you know, Biggie Small sampled for Big Papa or whatever, right? And, um, dun, 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 hey girl, ain't no mystery, <laughs> right? So they're doing that, right? And then all of a sudden the crowd is like, yo, get Raheem, get Raheem to sing it. Cause you know, Raheem's like got, you know, he's got the Marvin Gaye voice, you know, he's a, a, a R&B dude. So they like, get her. and so all of a sudden it started, it started at that point. Dave was like, who? Jaheen, Shaheen, who, what, who y'all did? They like Raheem, right? So he gets him up there. Raheem comes up that joint and then Raheem starts killing it. Like he starts doing what he does, right? So then even while at one point Raheem was singing, Dave gets the mic and says, who the fuck is this dude? Like, who is he? Right. You know what I'm saying? He just kept, he kept trying to play up the idea. Like, I don't know who he is almost kind of thing. Right. Why y'all know who he is? I don't know. Right. So then <laughs> Raheem was like, yo, he looks at me. He gives me a nod to come on stage and I come on stage and grab a mic. And at that point, the band starts playing like, um, I don't know, maybe like a tribe called Quest Sample or something, right? So then I started rhyming. Like, I started a chant with the crowd or whatever. And, um, you know, Common, everybody, all in all. And they fit, they, everybody's loving it. This is a nice vibe, right? And um, all of a sudden, like I said something like, you know, I'm from Northeast D.C., around the corner from Seat Pleasant PG. Up the street was the quadrant of Southeast. Lincoln Heights, Clay Terrace told me about, you know, I'm right and people are like, yeah, because they it's local folks like loving the local references. You know, this is the this is the moment in the show where the DC gets represented, right? And all of a sudden, Dave's like, he comes up with a mic and he's like, yo, 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 I don't know who 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 is this dude talking all this northeast and And he commenced to start trying to rap. And he was like, it's trying to insult me, you know what I'm saying? 
So I look in, I'm thinking at that moment, like, how do I play this? Like, do I play like the sucker role and be like, oh, I don't want to ever mess up with my opportunity to possibly work with Dave Chappelle and let, I'm just going to just let him like rap and talk shit to me. I was like, nah, I looked at Raheem. Raheem again gave me that look like go in, like get him. And at that point, I began, I started freestyling. I started just, I started chopping them up. And um, you could tell it got tense. It was like, it was, it was tense. Like even the audience, because after it happened, people were talking to me afterwards. And still this day, people come up to me and be like, yo, that was kind of weird. Because it could tell that it could have went left or right. And plus also, you know, Dave Chappelle is a, uh, you know, Duke Ellington, alumni i'm a school without walls alumni so you so it was so there was that part of me too that was like yeah you know i'm gonna show i'm gonna show this duke ellington dude but um long story short uh when it was over you know as raheem and i you know were leaving common was so excited he then got back on stage and was like yo he's like yo man y'all killing it up here I, i had to get back up so then we ended up performing like two songs with him and it and it and it ended up closing and 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 so you know in many ways it was almost like oh I was a part of a skit here I was it was like watching a Dave Chappelle show so it was a good experience but more importantly as we left out of the place the audience and different people were like yo thank you for representing thank you for holding DC down yo thank you know what I mean because it's it's just important you know that you don't necessarily have to carry the flag but it's just always important that when you are displaying your your craft or representing yourself that you do it well <laughs> so that way if it ever <laughs> comes back <laughs> i'm i'm so glad that i uh went to the 12th page of google results for you so that i found that post <laughs> dude man it was intense man it was it was pretty it was intense man and um it was cool you know i you know, I, I, it probably wasn't a big deal to him or anybody else, but so it's a very real story. It actually happened. It's a very real story. I, so my follow-up question to you, Wes, uh-huh. is about you freestyling. Yeah. And a topic I've never had the opportunity or occasion to talk about with a with a hip-hop artist is the art of freestyling. Okay. And it's always struck me as an incredible ability like, how is it that when you're dropping a line that there's another part of you thinking ahead to the next syllable or the next statement that just sounds like so hard to do in real time? Like, what is the cognitive multitasking going on? How do you do it? Well, my friend, I can't really give you any suggestions, but in my opinion, you answered your own question. It's not something that's based on complexities or complexion. It's about the ability to kind of proceed the next erection or word that will come up from out of the mouth. Sometimes you got to take your time, go ins and outs, slow down the pace in order to create the next word that will lace the track that's been put in place. Thank you for the live demo. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like you kind of articulated it better than I, I could. Like you made it, you actually, you, you basically kind of define it. And that's really what it is. It's really the ability of, of one improv. So a person can learn how to, uh, uh, you know, through improvisation, 
you'd be surprised. It's probably like some really good rappers out here that are improvers that, but they just don't know yet. You know what I'm saying? But it's improv, but then also, yeah, it's like, it's almost like you got to see the future. It's definitely a technique that in an approach. So I would equate it to that. It's like me knowing how stories work and just always knowing that there's a, a beginning, a middle and an end. And it's always about like, it's about, okay, how do I get from this beginning to the middle or to the end? So as long as long as I get either to the middle or the end, that's all that matters. But you can't stay at the beginning because <laughs> then you're stuck. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's definitely not easy. It definitely involves practice. Like, that's really what it's about. It's about practice. And I bet you start off real slow, right? I mean, I don't know. That sounds easier. Yeah, it depends. You know, it depends if it depends if you're doing an acapella. It depends on if you're on a beat, because there might be some situations where the beat so fast, your brain might not be able to move that. But it's definitely like I would equate it to being it's like being able to see the future. It's like it's like you're the actor who's fortunate enough to get the script and you know how you know how the story ends. You know how it goes. But you have to go from scene to scene to get there first. And then I feel like something that some people won't admit is that you have to always kind of have. Um, maybe I say you should always have like anywhere from five to 15 bars on file that can help you that you can almost use as those transitional to get you, you know what I'm saying? Cause sometimes like you can get stuck on the, in the beginning of the story. And if you're not careful, <laughs> you forget. So you gotta like, okay, let me throw in something about how dope I am. That's a dope lyric I wrote, you know, that I can pull out as as like almost like a transition, you know. So it, it's a totally good thing to have a bag of tricks. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. So it involves all of that. It's technique, it's improvisation, and it's also practice. You have to practice. Thanks for all that in-depth insight. We answered all these questions that I just haven't gotten to ask anyone before. <laughs> that's right y'all it's, it's it's the loose listening party man the revenge of the nerds edition fits well with us let's hear another song from mr west felton this one's called the way things used to be this my soul this my home this my throne i'm on now that is x and o's it's a game like tic-tac-toe this i know the knowledge, we were born here, city gone here, see my long stair, she belongs here, ain't gonna lie, I'm miserable, uh, I remember your black hole, that's what I used to call your mole, asking myself, I can't your beauty mark, your soul, God made you better than gold, my chocolate taste it, they used to kiss your leg and start a block party, partake, partake, smoking seats in front of only my mate, I remember your old look, now you be hiding your face, remember the night I told you I loved you, looking right in your face, you was feeding me ice cream, Vanilla, white was the taste, that was a sign right there My chill spot, I used to get my mind right there Now it's y'all like, yeah, you been acting brand new when you round Something may 
right intentional I guess you like to see me suffering right Miss Carrie is a bitch since we lost Marion and Chris But I can't even lie That's the part of you I miss Used to look at you like What part do I kiss? I ain't know where to stop Now it's like you don't even exist Sometimes absence makes it hard to hold on Sometimes it makes the heart profound I just miss the way that Life short would be a cliche. In life sport, there's no delay. The Grim Reaper's remote don't have a replay. Reclaim your time, Auntie Maxine, that's what she say. The world is so greedy. The rich is acting so needy. Meanwhile, the poor is dying at rates so speedy. Black lives matter, even though you act like you don't need me. Uh -huh. This is for the fallen ones. You never ever see again, cause God called them on. The time my hours not never known. Western power to the doctors who ain't got home yeah. The bus drivers with no mask on the job yeah. Supervisors sitting on their ass in the job Damn. The workers keeping their groceries in motion Man, Man I, I sure, sure miss the ocean, ocean. Sometimes absence makes it hard to hold on Sometimes it makes the heart profound I just miss the way that That was a track called The Way Things Used to Be by Wes Felton featuring Uptown XO and Kenny Allen. It's from the seven song EP Quarantine Love, which came out in May 2020. Yeah. Wes, what can you tell us about Quarantine Love? Oh, man. Quarantine Love was like, OK, so I did this project called Quarantine Sessions at the beginning of it, of the quarantine. So I wanted to do this. I, I was sing. I will still am. But this was like. I don't know about anybody else, but <laughs> going through quarantine single is like tough. Like it was tough. You know, people won't admit it. People will try to say, you know, uh, oh, no, I'm so great. I got the chance to be with myself and find myself and all that. No, 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 no. It was like tough, right? So I was like, let me make something that's kind of for now that we're in this. Like now let's let's now deal with the stuff. And so Quarantine Love was like this project. I was really great because I was able to reach out to like a bunch of artists who trusted the process and um, who weren't really doing anything at the time. Like maybe we're just really hunkered down or, you know, maybe they didn't feel like it, you know, and I felt like it was important also to reach out to them again, to be that like beacon, like to be that light to like, remind them like hey we got the technology we have the access so let's not stop you know the particular song you guys played uh was one that dealt with more of like the lost but also it was a commentary about dc and how dc used to be um so it was only right that i reached out to um uptown exo who's like he's definitely one of my top three mcs from dc ever 
past, present, future. Like he's gonna always be in the top three for me. But he wanted to bring the approach of reminiscing about like the changes he was seeing in his neighborhood, 640, in that area up there in Georgia Avenue, Petworth area, how it's just changing. And then um, also the commentary, if you if you listen closely, he also talks about Marion Barry and his son Christopher and the loss of both of them. And, you know, it, it, it is important. So then I do all my recording at home. I record in the crib and then I send it to... Um, one of my best friends named Kenny Allen, who's from D.C., uh, who moved to Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And he went there to do music and like ended up staying. Yeah, but And then I'll send the stuff to him over there in Ethiopia, and then he mixes and masters the stuff for me and then sends the stuff back. And then we put the record out. Man. Paul, do we want to play another track? Let's play another song. Next up is Romancing the Wilderness. That song was called Romancing the Wilderness from the album Kings in the Wilderness with vocals from Wes Felton and beats by The Product that came out back in January of 2019. It is, of course, available on Bandcamp. 
Yeah, that's a cool record, man. I did that with a young, um, that guy, uh, Derek Wilson, the product is his uh, production name. He's actually from Virginia, um, Northern Virginia, Fredericksburg. And I met him through an artist named Davey Fresh. And, you know, it, like like a lot of artists, I often will see somebody and I'll be like, yo, this person, their craft needs to be elevated somehow. So however I can try to do that, like I wanted to, I wanted to do that. So if it, if it at least, you know, introduces him to like, you know, cats I know that are like straight up like, hip-hop artists you know who are always looking for like hip-hop production but also to also show him you know different ways he could hear his production that maybe he not may have seen it and so i was like yo let's do a pro let's just do a whole project together you do all the production and you know i'm gonna make it centered and surrounded like me communicating and talking to the youth so that record right there is like kings in the wilderness and then I have a guy named Corey Nayel, who was one of my students during a summer camp. And he's like this crazy, like TikTok viral superstar. But the cool, the crazy, the unique thing about um, Corey, too, is that Corey is mildly on the spectrum. And he's this phenomenal singer and just artist. And, you know, I was teaching at this summer camp, this music camp, and uh, I, he just always he was just the obvious standout. So I made it a point where I told him, I said, look, man, I'm I'm working on some music while, you know, this summer and I, I'd love to have you on there. So I reached out to him and he he's singing on there. So, you know, if you listen to that project as a whole, most of the songs are either me kind of talking to young folks or speaking on their behalf. And so I'm I'm pretty I'm really proud of that project. What's the next sweet Wes Felton jam we got on this week's show, Paul? Next up is Big Facts by Dante Pope. Yeah. I got a bad bitch who listen to music, they call her a bitch, but I can't call her a bitch. So amazing the code switch, bipolar, abusive, the savage, aggressive, passive. My true love, give me love, whether I shine or rhyme. My only non-type is the dumb, deaf, and blind. On the rose from the concrete that grows from the spine of niggas who define the art form, you turn to swine. I wrote this like graffiti on your favorite train line. If you don't get it, then you ain't on the same time. These youngins full of same rhymes, coming with the same lines. Committing same crimes, selling the same dreams, telling the same schemes, whispering same fears. Why fearing same tears? Cause you got 20 years. You stole an iPhone and some gear. Now the judge yelling in your ear, big back. Out of mind, the new heaven sent. Uh -huh. Expect blowing up for showing up. No self drive when charity's slowing up. My natural ways were confirmed in Ghana. I'm throwing all slaves overboard with their mama. Afro electric for Afro skeptics. Your acceptance ain't what respect gets. Common niggas are get wits. So easy 
to sell out for a common quick fix. I'm sick of talented dipshits, addicted to fame and the white man's liquids. I had dreams of fucking R&B bitches. I've been there, done that, don't even miss it. Most were bad brains with a splash of misfits. Notches on belt, the size of stitches, and those are big facts. Those are big facts. That was a track called Big Facts by Dante Pope featuring Wes Felton. It's a 2020 single available on streaming platforms. Prior to Dante beginning work as a solo artist, he was the drummer and music director for your project with Raheem Devon, The Crossroads. Yes. Yes, Dante Pope is from Chicago, Illinois. He's one of those, like, like he's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's like a blessing to the, to, to the world um, because he's not only uh, a phenomenal uh, artist, I mean, like, you know, he's a phenomenal drummer, but he's a, you know, killer vocalist. Uh, you know, he's like a one man band, one of those kind of guys. But he's also like just a great person. You know, he, he's he's always positive, um, you know, optimistic, very respectful, very old school kind of uh, aesthetic, um, which I like. And Dante has that uh, discipline and, uh, and approach. And also, I think because he's an educator as well, Dante's kind of one of those guys. And that's a project. It's a song that he produced and played the drums and roads, everything entirely. And um, asked me to like write something for it. And I was like, you know what? This is like, this is this this track is like crazy. Like this guy, like the the vibes in it. It's, it's very like, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? It's like very very classic live hip hop kind of track and I was like yo I'm, I'm I have to like really try to write something you know of substance um but yeah but definitely Dante Pope's phenomenal artist you guys I, re- I suggest you guys check out his body of work as well so Wes as we said you are an actor singer poet painter do the different parts of your artistic practice inform each other you know like does your acting inform your stage presence when you perform music absolutely there was a woman named Geraldine Gilstrap when I was at a uh, school without walls who she noticed that I was like this kind of like rebel without a cause kind of. And she came to me and said, Hey, check out this play called uh, my children, my Africa by Arthur Fugard. She was like, I think you should be an actor. And I was like, what? I didn't even you know actor. That's, you know, that's shucking and jiving. You know, that's how hardcore I was back then. I was like, I ain't going to be shucking and jiving for nobody on stage and whatnot. And uh, I read this play called My Children, My Africa by Arthur Fugard, a South African playwright. And there was this character in it who was a teenager and he was very rebellious and protested against apartheid and things like that. And, and I was really drawn to it and connected and performed it. And um, when I performed it, you know, it, it, people were in pack, you know, they were crying they were, and, I, and I realized like, wow, this could be used as like a tool, you know, as a, as a, this is a, a method. And um, went on to like <laughs> study at Chautauqua Institute 
um, one summer in upstate New York and then went on to Carnegie Mellon to their theater department. And it was there where I realized like, oh, this is the source. Like, this is really like, this is what it is. So I, I, I tell people all the time that the acting is definitely the feeding, is feeding it all. Like what what I learned in school as an actor and also what I learned through uh, execution and practice, uh, it definitely, <laughs> use a technique, like I'm definitely pulling from the, from the, the from from the theatrical uh, sources, even as a writer, because even even when, even as I write, I try to write visually in a way where, at any point, it could be used or it could be presented in a one man show or a film or you know what I mean. But definitely, the acting is definitely what feeds it all. And we got some more West Felton jams, don't we, Paul? Yeah, next up, we've been talking about him a lot. Let's hear a song from The Crossroads. We had to bring it back. To bring it back, I got a little sights on the first take, you know. Jumped out the gate all early. Welcome to Babylon Central. Y'all might know it as DC, or where Obama's about to move out of, you know what I mean? Yeah, my city straight put niggas up in the chokehold. Condos in Columbia, hype Migos are going loco. Poisonous waters in schools, worse than the Congo. Still eating that mambo, banging sticks on bongos. My cousin sick of roaches, but they never been those voters. Only specializing in sneakers, bitches, and toasters. Hanging rap posters, flipping Capone ashes on coasters. Scratch that, them niggas don't use coasters. These niggas feel so hopeless, they feel so voiceless. Choke hold on their focus, limited to choices. Her is a poser, ain't doing what she's supposed to. Homeless families from Dean Wood to Saratoga. Force Milton, pot, Muslims, Christians, Jewish, huh? Shout outs to my nigga Tony Lewis, who's doing the job to break the cycle. Cause you know they don't really care about us like Michael. Madness Universal, the culture's on the comeback. Listen, carpetbaggers, be careful where you come at. Clay Terrace looks like Paris if you ain't embarrassed. They'll catch you like MK if you wander around careless. They got room for condos and Walmart, but the people of color can't get a small part. Displacement, hatred, good gracious Hipsters and millennials Faking like they not racist But that's just the fakeness of Babylon Central black man Benjamin Banneker made it with a pencil They gas you up and soup you like lentils Rest in peace Chuck Brown He created the temple of the sound of my city that I'm repping No taxation without representation ain't a question Last on behalf of D.C. Let me be clear Fuck Donald Trump You're not welcome here Ask me what my state of mind is. Uh, what's your state of mind? DC. DC. Ask me what my state of mind is. Uh, what's your state of mind? 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 Uh, what's your state of m
song was called DC State of Mind by The Crossroads, featuring Asheru. Crossroads, of course, collaboration with Wes Felton and Raheem Devon from the album Black Boy Joy Mixtape that came out back in June of 2019. Because it is an extra special mixtape, it is not available on the streaming platform, so you are going to have to go to Bandcamp to get your hands on that one. Um, We love songs that talk about DC specifically, and... I'm personally a very big fan of Asheru, and I feel like Asheru often guests on songs that are about DC, which makes me really happy, uh, including um, Funky DC uh, from the Funk Arc with uh, Will Rast. Yeah, uh, which is uh, such a good song. So tell us, uh, tell us about Asheru. Oh yeah, so I've known I've known Asheru for a long time since I he used to have this group back in the day called the Unspoken Herd. Uh, it was he and an artist named Blue, another rapper named Blue Black. And uh, so he's been in the in the scene, and then also he's uh, you know gone on to you know do more educational based work, you know creating like hip hop curriculums and textbooks and things like that. And you know he still he still raps, of course. And at that time, we were trying to think of different ways to um, reintroduce people to the crossroads. He had done an appearance on our second album um, on the title cut called The Invitation. And uh, we wanted to kind of tap into some of those people who were part of the original Crossroads releases. So we decided to do this mixtape. And so we reached out to him and he came through 
But uh, but yeah, that was that that that's a cool track, and uh, I I chose that because not only because it was like considered like a crossroads joint, but also uh, it again uh highlights uh again like you guys mentioned Asheru, another artist that I've worked with um a couple times, and uh yeah, and again because you guys are like hometown sounds, I was like oh, gotta have a DC state of mind. Heck yes. Do you do you think it's important for artists to be activists? I think it comes with the territory. You know, I think part of that as an artist is that is that we we definitely are the voice of the voiceless often. We often the thing about thing about artists, we're the closest thing to maybe a politician because we're able to like go from like the hood to like, you know, fine dining. You know, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, the artist is like the only people that can hang out with the peasants and the kings. And so when you have that that power, it almost makes you like ambassador like. And so as an ambassador, you have to be you you should feel the need to be informed, but also informed enough to have a feeling or an opinion about almost anything. And because art is something that can be used as a weapon and as a tool, but it can be used for change. And you could have you could have like a, a, a policy, a political policy that's been trying to get change for decades. And it might be that one song or that poem that inspires the congressman or senator. or It strikes the human chord that makes them finally say, you know what? I, I feel different. And I, I want to vote this way for some, you know what I'm saying? And historically, that kind of happens. You know, you never know. You know, um, people can can try to get something done, and it just takes that poem that changes it. But I think that it's a requirement. I think it comes with the job. So that almost takes us to the end of this episode of the Loose Listening Party. Of course, we want to thank our friends at the Loose Foundation Center in the Smithsonian American Art Museum. Please keep your uh, keep your web browsers pointed in their direction, and uh, they'll let you know when it's safe to come back and see some of their awesome Loose Unplugged shows. Uh, Wes Felton, of course, amazing musician that we featured tonight. On the Bandcamp, there's tons there. There are links to everything that we've played uh, in the show notes. And, um, you know, I've seen a bunch of people on Bandcamp offer the option to subscribe. And most of them, I'm like, really? Would, is that really a thing that people would want to do? But for you, like, you're putting out so much music. I feel like for you, yeah. it's worth it. So, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, yeah, you subscribe to me, you're going to get, you're going to get at least a record. Uh, uh, every two weeks, every two to three weeks on there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm serious. Like that's it's about that, you know. And the cool thing is, you get to own that stuff. It's like you yes. get to own the back catalog, and like you know, you can. And it's just you know, you got to support artists. You know what I'm saying? It's important, y'all. Absolutely, yeah. We love Bandcamp for that. So we have one last song for you to head out. Yes. This song is called Malcolm Littles. It is from the album The Year of Return that came out in October of 2019. And we want to know who or what is a Malcolm Little? Malcolm Littles are the, the it's kind of like a dream deferred. It's, it's like the missed potential. Like 
I tell people all the time, you know, when you think about Tupac and you think about, you know, Biggie Smalls and you think about certain artists, these guys were young when they were taken out. And so you can't help but wonder like, yo, like imagine what if. And so that's what Malcolm Littles is about. Um, And when I, you know, every time I travel or anywhere I go, I try to tap into the culture there and in London. Is a heavy culture of like knife play. So how we how in America we got this gun thing in the hood. Over there, their thing is knives. Because you can't get a gun. Right. <laughs> and I just remember at that time, um, I think we were on tour. And um, I just remember like just ha- talking to some dudes about that. You know, like, yeah, man, like they'll cut you. They'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll fillet you. Like, that's how savage, and there was this wave of that kind of crime going on at that time amongst blacks, young youth blacks over there. And so what I decided to do is, like, let me talk about this. And so I figured, like, let me come up with that little hook. And just to all, just again to remind people, you know what I'm saying, what happens to if we continue to end people's lives before they potentially, you know, re- reach their potential, you know? All right. Hope you all enjoy that. Thank you so much, Wes Felton. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor and pleasure. Shout outs to the Loose Foundation. Thank you. Good deal. All right. Well, thank you, Tony. Thank you, Paul. And we'll see you all next time. This world is so fickle. No Malcolm X's. Only Malcolm Little. Less weddings. More widows. Fighting over Chicken George's. And it's London in between tour times. A waste of life is how you spend your time. You only get one, so you might as well soar high. Life is more than a mirage or selling out or self-sabotage. I won't play the way that you say. It's blasphemy if you don't work after you pray. So, y'all Bama's on clown mode. Blow up dolls in clown hoes. Yeah, I don't panda or brown nose. Nah. I don't wander around hoes, nah, roaming out here worshiping babies, trying to run from my destruction, let's go crazy, by any means necessary, killing babies, 400 years later, mental slavery, yeah, I know, blah, 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 kill, money, clothes, and cars, still love you brothers for who you are, um, do Allah, call it a love bazaar, this world is so fickle, no Malcolm only Malcolm Little, less weddings, more widows, fighting over chicken Georges and his pickles. Basic, so simple, destroying the temple, employing the killers of our mental. Screaming, Father, can you hear me like Yensel? No Malcolm X, only Malcolm Little. Yeah, I'm so exasperated by a brother dying. Y'all so fascinated with others dying. Fuck a list, I'm one of the greatest y'all trying. Tucking nip, them bitches fakers in line. Uh, don't mind me, that's just that sand Yeah. Sometimes 
sometimes I let it take over. Uh-huh. I go, I may, like a Kumasi soldier, chopping off your head, off your shoulders. Uh, it ain't my fault. Your man should've told you. Winter's coming. It's getting colder. Champagne kisses always ruin my missus. Horace and Dickies ordering plays of fishes. Colonizing, gentrifiers, taking pictures. News DC, I swear it's so vicious. What's next on they wish list? AKA Witch Hood, I'm tired. Can I get a witness?